and welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Dyster. And if you could please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, your review, it really does help with the rankings. But this week I have Anne Marie here, and she is the global corporate media relations at Henry Shine, it is a big medical company as well but we're going to be talking about media relations as she leads the team in media relations and focusing on protecting and strengthening the reputation of the business she also is responsible for contributing to the creation and development implementation of the global media relations strategy so welcome to the show and hi thank you thanks for having me thank you for being here and also first question i ask all my guests is are you a coffee or tea drinker well i'm a coffee drinker in the morning and tea in the afternoon mm. So what I'm hearing is that you just need the coffee to wake you up like everybody else does or like I do, I should say. And then you need the tea to actually calm you down during the day or at night. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I like a a jolt of coffee and caffeine in the morning. And then um, in the evening after a long day, I prefer a a cup of uh, herbal tea. Mm. So is it bigger if it's a really long day and is it smaller if it's not as long of a day for tea? Some days I, I could have two cups of tea in the evening, depending on the day. Yes, that's true. All right. And can you explain to our audience a little bit about your expertise and what you do more than what I have just said? Sure. So I work, as you said, with Henry Shine. We are a global distributor of healthcare products and services to office-based dentists and medical practitioners. So the easiest thing to put it in context is when you go into your dentist's office and you look around, we outfit everything that's in the the dental office. We just do not deliver care. So we take care of the health of a practice so that our customers really can take care of their patients and and focus on their their patient care. My team's responsible for our global media relations, as you mentioned. So that includes our corporate brand, as well as our three business divisions of dental, medical, and technology as well as working with Henry Shine Cares, which is our philanthropic and or CSR program or initiative that we run both globally through North America as well as in our, our European businesses. My team half sits in New York and the other half sits in uh, Germany. We're a small team, which allows us to be pretty agile, nimble, so that we can respond well and quickly as needed to you know, the, the events of the day. Gotcha. And when it comes to media relations and everything, since everything is basically Zoom or Microsoft Teams, how have you tried to get more media contacts and how have you kept those relationships going since it's all now virtual? I'm really proud of what the team has done in terms of keeping their relationships. We actually just hosted a few weeks ago, normally the first quarter of every year, we have a very large dental show, which we host a global media event with our senior leaders. This year, we did a a virtual event, and we had about 62 reporters from 16 different countries that tuned in for this program. And I believe part of we tend to have more issue-oriented type sessions where we talk about the state of the business. And because of the relationships, I think because of the strong relationships that we have with reporters, we were able to reach out to them one-on-one, let them know what our plans were, wanted to make sure they were interested in it. We even surveyed to find out the topics they were most interested hearing from our leaders, information that would help them, you know, report on the industry and for their readers. And one of the things that we found is that from a content standpoint, we ended up doing some surveying afterwards. And we definitely provided that experience for them that gave them insights into our view 
of the dental market and where our business was going. So I think one of the reasons why we had such tremendous turnout is because the team has very strong one-on-one relationships with all of these reporters. And through the last year, even though you know we weren't meeting um, in person at trade shows or one-on-one type settings, we still kept contact with them. We still kept them informed. And we, in some instances, I would like to say, we may have even over-communicated with them about what we were doing just so that they were aware of how we were, our perspective on what was happening over this past year, our response to COVID, and what we were doing for the benefit of our customers. Mm-hmm. And even speaking more about media relations or even the media industry, it seems like the traditional media has gotten smaller with the few bigger players at it. So how has that changed in a way for you contacting media since it seems like it's just like a really small select group or is it bigger than I actually think it is? No, interesting, interesting question perspective. I think I wouldn't necessarily say that it's getting smaller. I think there are far more new outlets that are emerging, like they're, they're, you know, or challenger brands, they're gaining ground on the, the mainstream or the top tier outlets that when you traditionally think of top tier publications, such as New York Times or Wall Street Journal, or even the, the broadcast and the network, but you're having organizations such as Axios and Stat and Medium and Thrive Global. Those are a few that come to mind when you think about more mainstream. They're the, I refer to them as really challenger brands where they each have a distinct point of view. They each have a distinct followers or readers. They have a particular style or culture of how they do their reporting. And because they've been able to cultivate, I think that audience base and because of the news cycle now, right? 24 seven, you can get news anytime, whether a device, paper, broadcast on your phone. There's so many ways now to access. They have found ways to get a share share of mind, I would say, of readers. So I think if you, to your question, I, I don't think the traditional industry is necessarily getting smaller. However, it is sad that, yes, there are, if you think about the community level, local papers that have closed or they, they're reducing their frequency of their printing or their publication or their production, but they're still here. I think it's just that the landscape and the different players who have emerged are changing the way in which engagement is happening and how they report on the news. Mm. And with the smaller community papers going smaller, does that mean you pivot more to like the influencers, the YouTubers and the podcasters instead, since they, I guess, fill the void of being or communicating to a smaller community of people that is highly engaged? Well, I think you definitely look at it differently. I know that for us, for example, we have distribution centers and we work very closely with our local teams to find out what is happening in their market? What are the things we need to be communicating about? Because I think there's still a great need to have that local footprint, whether for an employer of choice, you want to talk about what you're doing for recruitment purposes, still as a brand, especially corporate image and for reputation, you still want to be able to connect with reporters that service and that report on the communities where you have strong business operations. And even through our business, we have a very strong sales force So we want to be able to amplify what we're doing, maybe on a national level or within the trade, but also socialize and amplify those activities at the local level to make sure that our own team members can see it and be proud when they see positive stories about the company and what we're doing, especially if it's something around product donation programs or partnerships with associations or helping to improve access to care. Now, those are all things that are really meaningful to us. So we want to make sure that we're connecting 
with outlets that service the readers, the potential, whether it's our, our team members or if it's customers at that level. So I, I think the the local media, although that landscape has changed, it still brings a great amount of value for us in cultivating those relationships. Gotcha. And have there been actually any new or basically old being new strategies from media relations with what the pandemic has been doing to media relations in general? Has it been something that has kind of sprouted up with a new strategy that wouldn't have worked prior to this? I think we're looking at how do we package our news a little differently. Traditionally, it, still from the press release, I think is still the main source in terms of you know, sort of telling the narrative, telling the story. And one of the things I think that, especially now with COVID, because people aren't going to events. So if you were a company that focused on trade shows, that was a way to have the product. You know, you could touch it, you could do a demo, you could see it, could really have you know a deep dive, especially with a reporter, and have them meet everyone who's involved in developing that product. And we couldn't do this that over this past year. So one of the things that we're finding is how can we help tell our stories through, you know, through that visual lens? So is it with video? Is it with an infographic? Is it with a graphic? We're trying to find ways that we can help bring the story to life. And one of the things that we've done, you know, for example, several years ago, as part of our trade show strategy, when Facebook Live was first launched, we created a program called Shine Chats, which allowed us to pair a Henry Shine leader with an industry leader to really have an informal conversation. It was designed, you know, no longer than 15 minutes, and it was designed as if you were eavesdropping on, you know, two people or two experts having cough people listening to their conversations. And what we found is that, that we had developed such a, a rich library of conversations that we have now started to use those conversations or the links and embed them in articles or embed them in press releases, especially for doing like a product launch or something, we'll create a, a shine chat so that it just gives more than what you can convey in a press release. And I think what you're going to find is that more and more strategies like that are being used because reporters are also looking, when they think about the story, I think because now they're also being asked to have an, a digital presence with their story, what are the things that they can package with it? So we're finding that when we're able to offer more assets than just the press release or even just an interview, that we're getting a better response from our media partners or the journalists that we work with because we're able to give them more to the story. Mm -hmm. And with what all you said, is that kind of the new way of getting the most out of your media contacts is to kind of develop your own story, to package it that way, to even have like little interview discussions with top heads of company or even engineers or whatever you think might actually be interesting? I think it is. And that's one of the feedback when you mentioned about being able to have the relationship with reporters during, you know, the height of COVID. One of the things that reporters, even though we did it virtually, when I'm talking about the media briefing, the global media briefing that I mentioned, one of the things, additional feedback we received is that we, even through the lack of attendance at on-site events, we still found ways for reporters to have access to our executives, to our experts. And I think that still is kind of like the golden rule around media relations is, can you be helpful? You're, as a, as a PR pro, we're here to be a resource, a connector. It takes time to cultivate those relationships. So maybe because I'm in-house and not working for an agency, I can have this perspective, but it, you definitely want to land the story, right? That's the goal is to secure that coverage. 
but sometimes I think it's also equally important and able to help reporters if it's opening doors, giving them, you know, access not only to your own executives, but if you know people in the industry that may be a good source or a good reference for them or just someone they should know, can you make those introductions and connections? And I think that's one of the things that where we've been strong with the reporters that we work with is because we have been able to put them in contact with other key opinion leaders, whether if it's in the dental or medical space, or if it's one of our CSR programs with a nonprofit partner or someone from one of the, you know, from, from another government agency or, or that we work with, we've been able to help make those introductions. And, and I think by being able to provide that level of access, that also helps tremendously in, in strengthening relationships. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're automatically going to get quoted or you're in the story, but you definitely, I think, it strengthens the credibility. Mm, gotcha. And do you think another strategy for PR people that's merged a little bit, I think I've heard some PR people talk about it, is kind of being your own gatekeeper in a way you control the message through your own Facebook or videos or live streaming, if you actually do live streaming or podcasts in general, is that something that you're seeing PR pros use a little bit more? Is that basically creating your own message with your own media in general? I think you're correct on that. And I think it's, I think it's definitely growing. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's how do you find ways to package your news? And even though we're a distributor, we have some of our own channels in which we get our news out. We actually, you know, recently issued a, a podcast called Chairside Live, which is specific to our dental business, but it's also it's a, an Apple podcast designed to offer insights on various aspects of the dental industry. And so it's a way for us to really help get out there topics that we think are important to the industry, topics that we're talking about, or we know that our customers are talking about. But I also think it's an opportunity to be able to be at the forefront and talk about things that maybe others aren't and that we believe should be part of the, the uh, conversation when it comes to, comes to the industry. So I think what you're going to start seeing more and more is kind of that, I want to think about content marketing. I think there's kind of that same strategy a little bit around PR where, you know, how can you develop both editorial and programming? that support brand or the, the product or the, the, the concept or ideas that a company or a business may have. Mm -hmm. And even with that, with saying the packaging your own stories for the media, does that mean that PR pros have to go more than just a written release? Does that mean that PR pros have to think not just the press release, but also the pictures that are going to go with it, the content or even just the video or B roll. Does that mean it has to go even further when you're pitching to the media? Well, I think they're the little things, right? So when you think about a complete pitch, you know, is it, A, you have to have a well-thought-off strategy and it has to be something that the reporter writes about and it's all about and it's newsworthy. But then once you, you know, develop it and you feel that you have all of that as well, what are all the other assets that can help bring that pitch to life? And, and that's where I think when we were talking earlier about having the videos or having an infographic, you know, one of the things that we do, every time we issue a press release, we look to, and, and we're still we're still working at it, so it's it's a process. But one of the things we're really aware of is when we issue a press release, do we have a video? Is there a video? We also partner with our social media colleagues because we also then socialize what we issued to the wire of the press release. We want to have it on social as well. 
So I think that the more you think about your pitch and you can think about what's the visual aspect of it or how is it going to catch eyeballs, right? Because there's so much that's out there. If you look at your news feed, you stop at pictures sometimes more than just something with words. So we think about all those things when we're putting a pitch together. Do you have, again, is it newsworthy? Do you have multiple voices that you can bring in? Does it tell a complete story? You know, these are all things that I think you have to take into account when you're when you're going out with a pitch. Mm -hmm. And do you think PR press should have contingency plans for, let's say, you do pitch something and it does kind of go through the press, but then all of a sudden something goes wrong or it's not the right thing to say, or even before it even goes to print, it goes to the press and you say something that's completely just not what it was before. It was fine before, but now it isn't. So is there a way that you found to make sure that you're not saying something that will offend or get you really bad press? Well, I think you have to be well-versed on the topic, first and foremost. I think you need to be astute in terms of the, the news cycle. And going back to your first question about the pandemic, if you look back over the, the news cycle, you can see the various, the news cycle and what was spiking in terms of, first it was, do you have the personal protective equipment? Then it went to testing. Then it went to the, the shortage of materials. Then we need for vaccines. Like you, you can follow that story. So I think as you're thinking about pitches, you, you know, are you relevant to what's going on in the world and what's being reported? The last thing you'd want to do is go out with a pitch that just doesn't fit anywhere in a particular news cycle. And you don't want to come across as if you're not aware of what's going on in the world or in the, in the, the, the national level, even the local and regional level. So you just want to, to be aware. So I think that's first and, and foremost. And one example I can share is that we had started a project last year where we were doing it was around researching. It was about the connection between oral health and total health. And we went out and we did a consumer some research and had about 2,000 people respond to this research and we were getting ready to issue it. And then COVID broke out a year ago, about this time last year, and we recognized that we need to hold it because it's just not relevant right now. And it would, you know, had we issued it, you would question why is this company putting this out? And then we also, we sat on it for a while and then we realized, well, let's go back to the research and see if we can update the research, which we did because at that point, some of the, the this kind of was the first dip in the, the pandemic. And we did get some updated information and we thought that we could repackage it and go release it. And then we just realized that it just wasn't right. It really, had we issued it, then people were, were, probably would have questioned why we had, and it wouldn't have had the impact to your point about you put something out and you get a negative response as opposed to having that positive and being you know, a piece that was really supposed to design to, to educate about the importance, the connection between oral health and total health. So I, I think it's having the ability to edit yourself, having the ability to realize when something truly is newsworthy and, you know, are you going to be part of something that's advancing news? So all of these things I think you have to take into account before you really launch a, a campaign or, or go out and pitch an initiative. Gotcha. And fun question for you. If you had to package your own story or do a big announcement for yourself in media, what would you write yourself about? Oh, great question. I would probably say that I'm an advocate for LGBTQ equality. And with my wife, who's president of Pride Live, we created Stonewall Day. And Stonewall Day celebrates and honors the, the, the Stonewall legacy. And it's a global campaign 
that elevates awareness and support for the Stonewall legacy, as well as continuing the fight for full LGBTQ plus equality. This year, the event's going to be celebrated on June 6th, and it's a combination of, it's going to have some live performances as well as tape performances and remarks. And so I think that taking this initiative that's going to be its fourth year, it truly has grown. We've had more than 50 celebrities, activists, and community leaders that have been named Stonewall Day ambassadors. And they've worked together to create a sustainable program that supports both Stonewall Day as well as the beneficiaries that are identified with each program. So it's a it's it's an initiative, it's a project, it's something incredibly passionate about, but it's also helping to keep the legacy alive while also helping to make change for LGBTQ equality. So it's a, a project very proud of, and I would say a fun fact because it's not my day-to-day job, but I'm able to bring my expertise and my area of focus to help the, the organization to, to grow and, and to get the message out. So it's, it's a great way and I, for me to be able to, to give back in a way that I know could have an impact. All right. Thank you, Ann, for joining PR360. Really appreciate you sharing your knowledge about media relations. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun to have this conversation. Yes. And thank you for listening to PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a review. It really does help with the show. And join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys. Stay safe. Have a good time and also get with it with those mini relations and cultivate those relationships. All right, guys. See you next week. Later.